Welcome everyone and thank you for tuning in to the Fader and Friends Podcast. I am your host, DJ Darth Fader. Now each week, we're going to be sitting down and talking with guests from all around the world about their life stories, passions, and favorite movies. Then we'll do a deep dive into their pick of movie. Later, we'll recast the movie using today's actors. If you'd like to be part of the live podcast experience, make sure you go to twitch.tv slash DJ Darth Fader. We live broadcast our podcast on Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. Now on with the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Fader and Friends. Thank you guys so much for being here. My name is DJ Darth Fader, your host. Today is episode three. We've got my homie DJ Joshua Carl. He's from Massachusetts. And today we're going to be talking about what we do in the shadows. It's a great movie. I'm looking really forward to talking with Joshua Carl about some earlier life experiences. He's lived a, a, a crazy life that, that I know of, and I, I'm, I'm really excited to get to learn more. In this episode, and this podcast really is what we're doing, I have people that are kind of scattered throughout the globe that I've met either virtually in my, li- in my life or at some point along the, the, the crazy life that I've led so far. I want them to come on the show Tell us some great stories about where they come from, the things that they enjoy, some of their favorite things. And then we kind of parlay that into a a movie podcast because we end up talking about one of their favorite movies. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to bring Joshua Carl on. Thank you guys so much for being with us. If you guys are enjoying the podcast and you want to be a part of the live experience later on in the chat, uh, we're going to throw a link down in the chat that you'll be able to join the live roundtable with us. So you guys can come on, you know, blast us for what we missed. Show us what your favorite stuff is, you know, in this in this particular movie. Be part of this community because without you, you know, we, we're, we're just, you know, two guys talking on the Internet, which is cool. But we, we love the people that we, we talk to as well. We're going to bring out Joshua Carl now and uh, let's go. Here he is. Hello. Well, friends, there, sir. I didn't hear you come in. I'm sorry. I was I was reading my new new copy of Alter Ego featuring Captain Marvel and enjoying some Jameson. Oh wow! Take two is I, always better. Take two. Yeah, this is take two because <laughs> we we completely botched that. We completely botched take one. Oh raid! Look at that. Oh wow! Right off the rip. Hey guys. So yeah, take, we just take, got a raid. Take three? No, let's let's just let's do it. We're doing it live. <laughs> Uh, no use for anger. Thank you so much for the raid. We are a live streaming this on Twitch. So if you guys want to be a part of the podcast, Thursdays, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, right on this Twitch channel here, DJ Darth Vader. This is how we do it. Thank you guys so much. How are you today, sir? What's uh, I'm what, good. What were you reading? Um, this comic, actually not a comic, it's a super nerdy, yeah, it's just super nerdy stuff. It's like a recap of all things from the Fawcett era comic books. You know so, what I thought? Do you know what, like, knowing you, what I thought that said? I thought it said Harris Heller on it. <laughs> no. No. Uh, somebody says uh, echoing. You're echoing yeah. when I'm on. Why don't you do this? Why don't you um, give us a quick little backstory about yourself, and then I'm going to go ahead and figure, sure. see if I can tinker around a little bit with that, all right? Sure. Shoot. I was uh, born and raised the son of a poor Filipino merchant. Nope, that's not my story. Sorry. Let me start over. Uh, I was born up here in Boston. I've pretty much been here my whole life. Um, went to Silver Lake Regional High School where I played football and basketball and baseball. Um, after that, joined the Army uh, Reserves. Uh, but because I went to be a medic, I was actually away for a few years in medic school. Um, got out of that, went to college. When I got to college, um, I walked onto the football and baseball team. And my baseball team... Um, Used to throw some really good parties, like 
people-wise, not music-wise. And that's sort of what got me started in DJing. Um, uh, there was there was no DJ really at Fitchburg State except for the guy that played at the nightclub. So um, I had turntable. I had one turntable, and then I started collecting records. And then uh, I got out of college. What happened in college during that time is not for this podcast. Maybe maybe I'll start a Patreon. But then moving on, uh, I. I got a job as a bouncer at the purple shamrock in boston now for those that don't know the purple shamrock is the boston irish version of the double deuce um they clean up the eyeballs at the end of the night with a broom and um me i'm not a big guy and i'm not even a scrappy guy i think i've been in three fights in my entire life but what i learned in that situation is that a good manager hires different sorts of bouncers he has the enforcers he has a pit bull i was the guy that could talk to people so i would diffuse fights often by either being funny or you know just engaging people so that was sort of my role one night the dj was like yo i heard you dj'd in college you still into it and i was like oh, a little bit not really i don't you know i never thought of doing it as a gig and he's like well i'm out of town next weekend i'll leave all my records here i'll leave my mixer here I just, I can't find anybody to cover. And so my first ever DJ gig was a gig. And um, the owner just happened to be there that night and I was playing some weird shit that he liked. And he offered me the other night. So my first night ever DJing, I got offered a residency. Know this, I was absolute flipping garbage. Like, I look back at that night and you don't know how it is the first night you DJ. You're yes. like, yes, I killed it. I was amazing. And then you look back and you're just like, oh my God, I didn't even know that mixing was a thing. I just thought I was just, you know, just throwing records willy nilly. But yeah, so that that's kind of how I got started and it hasn't stopped. If you guys actually, you guys probably know this a little bit about me. Anything I dive into, I tend to kind of seclude myself from everything else and just dive in headfirst and learn everything I can and I'm really not satisfied until I've got to a point where I feel like I've not mastered it but really have a good hold of it so that's what I did with DJing locked myself in my basement turned my basement into like a nightclub and did nothing but DJ and watch you know those like turntablist tips and tricks put out by DMC you know um and watch all the battles and try to figure out how they do those cuts and stuff. So has that been something that has always been that like that's, that you've focused on one thing? Yeah, it's it's it. it's this weird I, ADD thing, man. Like, I can't quite explain it. Like, I have ADD, but when my ADD isn't firing on all cylinders, I'm laser focused. Like it's, it's sort of like when I was in school, uh, I would put off assignments until a day or two before and then just focus on it and nothing else in the world mattered. I just, I would laser focus and do what I had to do. And, uh, that's just part of my personality, I guess. Now, do you come from like a big family or are you an only child? Like what's, what's that? Nope. Um, my parents were, I was sort of birthed out of like the Vietnam era. Um, my parents got divorced when I was two. Um, my mother moved to Vegas a couple years ago. My dad still lives down the Cape. Uh, I have a sister who lives in San Diego and um, my mother got remarried once when I was in my teens and um, that relationship brought along uh, two older siblings, a 20 some odd year old half brother and half sister who actually he was one of the reasons why I went in the army because he went in as a MP uh, military police went to germany and he came back with medieval weapons 
things I had only seen in Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> and he came back with a double a double edged ba uh, battle axe, throwing stars, a two handed six foot bastard sword, and I'm just like, oh, I gotta go in the army. <laughs> so that's, that's not that the that was it. No, uh, that wasn't the sole reason, but <laughs> okay, that was that was, was that was a big part of it. And when you know when you're like young and impressionable, all I know is that he was an MP. He got to shoot guns. He came back with cool weapons from Dungeons and Dragons, and that just sort of rolled. And the funny thing is, I actually enlisted during Desert Storm. So yeah, I want to. I want to get into this. I want to talk to you about this stuff. So like, that's what. That's why I was wondering. I was going to ask you like what you know made you kind of enlist. When like about what time that was? And um, it was the early nineties. Uh, I was a oh, junior. Wait, stop. Time up. Sure. Thank you for your service. Oh, thanks, buddy. Now continue. My pleasure. Um, <laughs> Hey, Decade, how we doing, man? Uh, sorry, I just want to acknowledge the chat just a little. Uh, I know the people listening to this back, unless you edit out, would be like, God damn, but maybe they'll listen back and go, I need to listen to this on Thursday nights. Right, come live, because you yeah. may get a shout-out from the guy sitting next to me. That's sure. right. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I was, in, I was a junior in high school, um, and it was close to the end of the year, and I started mixing it up with the recruiters. Took the ASVAB, which is like their version of the SATs, and it's not a test whether you you, you pass or fail. It sort of like measures your um, skills in different regions, you know. Um, and if you get, if you're going to be a grunt, or if you're going to like maybe yeah, do something if, with your life. exactly. So like it, the more the higher you score, the more jobs open up. Um, I actually did really, really well, and they were like, you have your, your run of the board or whatever you want to do, which was funny because, like, in middle school, I thought I was never going to finish. Like, they were talking about kicking me out, keeping me back. Um, between being hyperactive and, like I said, having ADD and focus, um, the tonic-clonic sort of right. um, way that behaves is one day... I don't do homework for a month and I'm ready to get kicked out of school. The next day, I'm like valedictorian. So it was a, it was an interesting time. Fast forward, senior year rolls around. Well, actually, my mother had to sign off for me to enlist. That was that was sort of a big pivotal point. Like she's like, we're in the middle of a war, and I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. Um, so I enlisted as, as a medic with a specialty in orthopedics. Um, now, do you have any prior like? any kind of experience with that or is that something that just the reserves and the army just gave you like here this is what you're going to learn no i picked um aside from mash you know I, I knew nothing of it my dad was in vietnam and fifth uh, mechanized infantry which was like basically rolling in tanks and he was actually a radio operator which was one of the jobs that generally meant you weren't coming home he carried a big radio on his back with like a 30-foot yeah. antenna um and, and, you know, he has his own baggage from that situation. I knew I didn't want to do that, um, but they came at me and they're like, you know, here's your list. And it starts with, like, the better ones. But they're also of a greater commitment. So the, right. the first job that they offered me was Russian interrogator, which means two years of Russian, two years committed to um, being full-time. And then when you get out, obviously, you go to the FBI or something like that. Being the kid I was, I didn't think too fondly of the police or any of those people on that side of the fence. So I'm like, it's just too ironic if I ever did something like that. And two, I'm just way too much of a clown. I feel like that situation demands you to be serious. And if there's anything that I do when somebody's like, you need to be serious, that's just like flipping on the Jim Carrey switch. I'm like, yeah. okay, like Smart it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not gonna happen. Just right. not, a, it's not in my DNA. Uh, when I saw Medic, I was like, you know, this is a way for me to serve, but not take lives. 
And that's an actual thought I had when I saw it. I'm like, I can help. I can be yeah. part of the battle, but I won't be killing people unless I actually have to. Um, Did you ever have to? No, no. Uh, I've been shot at. I've been... Um, I've had mortars fired at me. I've had rockets fired at me, um, but I've never fired my weapon back. There's been a few times when I was in Iraq, I was on guard duty, and there's these things called rules of engagement. You've probably heard things yeah. like that. It's constantly changing. Every day you go to guard duty, they're like, here's uh, here's ROI for the day. You know, it's like no warning shots. Then three weeks later, they're like, okay, the first move is now warning shot. Depending on what's going on in country, uh, it defines how you act when you're on guard duty. I never had to. Uh, there's a few times where like it's four in the morning I'm in this little hut in the middle of Mosul Iraq and I just see like a cigarette you know coming at me because that's all you can see because it's pitch black and the pucker factor when that happens when you're <laughs> like your boys because when you do guard duty you do you do two of you and everybody's like one on one off so you sleep I stay awake you sleep I stay awake he's sleeping and I'm just like Am I going to have to shoot somebody? I hope not. And of course, they get closer and then you realize, you know, they're they're a U.S. soldier or they're spec ops or, you know, rangers because rangers grow beards and shit like that over there. So try to blend and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and they also t tend to lean to. Yeah, dude, well. you would. Yeah, dude, you got the look. If you put you in the uniform, you would look like spec ops. You got I've, that. I've, I've had, you know, some I haven't had direct military training, but. My stepfather growing up was in the army and we got deployed overseas and I got to fire guns and hang out with like a lot of the the, oh, the paratroopers, the the red beret wearing yep. guys. And like I learned a ton of stuff that like I probably shouldn't let anyone in on that I know. <laughs> what now what year what year was that? What year were you over there? Uh, I was deployed in oh five, oh six and a little bit of I'm oh, sorry, oh five. The end of 05, a little bit of 06 and uh, 07. And the reason why it was so long is being a medical unit, I was deployed with the hospital, much like MASH. We all had to get our certifications up to date, which means like as a, as a medic, I hadn't practiced as an EMT in forever. So right. they're like, you know what? We're just going to send you back through medic school again at 30 years old. So I had to basically, while I was staging up in Wisconsin, while I, the rest of my unit was staging Wisconsin, getting ready to go to Iraq, um, a handful of us, they're like, go down to Fort Sam in uh, San Antonio, Texas. You're going to take medic training all over again like you've never taken it. So I had to basically go to combat medic school in 2005 and basically if you've never been to a military school it's kind of perfect for somebody like me because it's eight to ten hours a day every day a week and you you basically do what most people do in two years in like two months so the i deploy like crash course yeah yeah and it's, it's the cool thing about it is it's actually your certified emt when you get out so i i could have pursued that i ended up pursuing a job with mass general instead because of my orthopedic adaption uh, identifier but when i got over there man it was it was kind of I say it's exactly what you think it is, but given how many different people have different stories or visions of what it's like over there, it's, um, from my perspective, it was a lot different. Um, when I talk to people about PTSD, the PTSD that I have is a lot different than somebody who was, you know, firing weapons or snipers or even just grunts. Yeah, yeah. Or even just, you know, even if you never did, if, you, if you're in that environment and you're clearing houses with MPs and, you know, stuff like that, like there's this... Again, I say pucker factor because any minute, yeah. you know, shit can go sideways, especially with IEDs. Over there in the hospital, it was a constant case of 
get everything ready and wait for shit to go sideways. And that's pretty much exactly what happened every single time. You would, so you lived in like a state of anxiety pretty much like the whole pretty time? Pretty much the, the entire time. The, so my uh, my deployment was actually split in half. So um, we started out in Mosul, which is up north, which is a lot sort of like Massachusetts. We actually got snow there. It got down to like maybe 50, 40, 50 degrees once in a while. Um, but that area, we were in a town with a wall. And the insurgents would actually fire and lob grenades into the base constantly. They didn't care. You, you know, there's Geneva Conventions. I don't think one group has followed Geneva Conventions ideologies since it was invented. They look at the big medical cross as a target. Um, so they were constantly trying to hit the the hospital. And ironically, our hospital was actually the hospital for the, for the town too. So I actually made a ton of friends with actual people from Iraq, like Iraqi people that would come in with broken bones and injuries and sports injuries, tons of kids. Um, they would come in and they'd get to know me. They'd see me every couple weeks, you know, because I'd have to take their cast off and check their fracture healing and put them back in a cast and send them along their way. Um, cool. And while this is all going on, you know, these, you know, insurgents are just like, you know, firing rockets at us and sniping our pilots and you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. So um, uh, somebody has it. Yeah, so um, Roger, a para, uh, uh, army medic gets uh, EMT B training. You actually get, I have it somewhere over there, the actual EMT badge. And then you go to the second part, which is like hardest, the, it's kind of like the rite of passage. You have to put an IV in your friend in the back of a blacked out truck while that truck is driving down a bumpy ass dirt road. So if you've ever had somebody try to start an IV on you, like in the nice comfort of a doctor's office. And they, they suck. Yeah, they, they're like, oh, I can't get it. Let me get somebody else. <laughs> it's just like, God, no. Uh, if you get, if you go to the hospital and somebody's got like an army pin on and they go to take your, take your blood or something, just know they're probably going to do a good job. Because <laughs> um, that they the, our training was pretty intense. There, there was like a, a virtual sort of war zone that they would set up in a building because war turned from being out in the fields of Germany or in the in the jungles of Vietnam to being in um, these concrete cities. So you'd you know you and four guys would kick in a door and you'd rush in and they'd be like ah oh, there's there's seven casualties maybe three or four insurgents and two or three friendlies get through this building save who you can take out the bad guys and meet us on the other side and it was it was wow. fun because it's not real but they make it real there's strobe lights all over the place there's huge speakers blaring like iraqi you know like music and 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 chants and stuff and they fill the room with smoke so you can't even see your hand in front of your your face and then every once in a while if they want to really mess with you they'll throw cs gas in there you have to pop off your mask and put your mask on i don't know if anybody's ever actually had cs gas in their system it ruins your day like you're <laughs> you're out of it for a good two hours it's it's horrible so uh, decade I did not do any military parties just because th that was the last thing uh, they they suggested it when we did our reunion a handful of years ago and I'm like guys I don't want to be the guy at the reunion working I want to I want to talk to everybody so See, that, I did the ex exact opposite of that my 10 year high school reunion is like my 20 year oh god I fucking old um, <laughs> my 20 year 10 year high school reunion came and they were like we may need something i'm like i'll come dj it you can pay me so uh, I'll, I'll go up there and get paid to hang out with all of you that i don't talk to anymore that's fine 
I, I think my high school reunion, I would have DJed it too because there's that little element of yeah, back right. up, back up, see, see back up. I'm, at. <laughs> I'm, I'm way cooler than I used to be in high school. That's fine. Totally fine. What were you like in high school? Were you like the like dude leave me alone or were you like no um i i played three sports so i yeah. was kind of a jock but i did not really roll with the jock crowd um i was kind of too weird for that um <laughs> in a sense that like me me and my friends all kind of fancied ourselves really funny um some of us took it way too far some of us maybe not far enough i kind of found myself in the middle uh just funny enough to not get in trouble but funny enough to make people laugh to the point where i actually considered at one point like i wonder if there's a future in this and my my writing teacher uh senior year actually pulled me aside and was like you know have you considered going to school next year for writing and i'm like no because i fucking hate it <laughs> like, well but it's the same thing when i sit down i can i can write some stuff i um you know i have a pretty good imagination and i had written a few stories you know because the writing class was like an advanced class like you can only get it if you were like in this certain english class and then you could elect that and um what's kind of funny a lot of people don't know this i went to a regular slash votech school so i actually went to school for culinary arts and oh, I, really? I graduated with a certificate in culinary arts but um i i, I don't want to say i hated writing that was kind of a inaccurate phrase um yeah. i i dislike the process but i like the end result so like when i would write it was super stressful and then once i was done i'm like oh that was kind of worth it to, to watch somebody read something i wrote and their eyes light up and you know the emotion in certain parts i was like all yeah. right this is this is a cool thing and ironically it's not terribly different than djing you know what i mean we a lot of us do it to see the reactions or if we can and, and if we can take people. people yeah yeah right, right. So your like imagination and that kind of writing for story and things like that, mm -hmm. is that something that you kind of learned or discovered at a young age well, maybe I'm, with comics? Because I know you're a huge, huge, huge comic book fan. Yeah, so it, it was in part, um, I grew up in Plimpton, which if you don't know is the hometown of oh, Deborah, no, 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 no Deborah Sampson. That. Deborah Sampson. If you don't know, does anybody in the chat know who Deborah Sampson is? I want right. to talk to Sampson. Oh, that's a different movie. <laughs> Deborah Sampson was the Revolutionary Wars version of uh, Joan of Arc. She was a woman who shaved her head and dressed like a man to fight for her country. And her house was like seven houses away from mine. So if that Wait, paints... So we're talking, we're talking like... Uh, an American version of Mulan? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, yeah, back, way back okay. in, you know, um, <laughs> the late 1600s, um, or 1700s, whenever that shit happened. <laughs> All right, react. Yeah, so I grew up in Plimpton. So it is one of those towns where the elect officials are like, we don't want anything. We want this to stay Pleasantville. So in my town, it was like hunting, fishing, camping, riding dirt bikes, riding bikes, baseball, and that was it. There was no stores to go to, no nothing. We didn't even have like a pizza shop. Uh, we had one center of town. It was super tiny. So I had a lot of time to myself as a kid. My sister, who was like five years younger than me, we palled around, but she was into really like exactly what you think like a seven or eight year old girl would be into. Barbies, cooking sets, and you know, Holly Hobby, whatever. Uh, maybe dating myself there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, I, I had a shit ton of Legos. 
and even when I was kid, a kid, um, I would build these things out of Legos, and my mother would be like, "Don't, don't break this one. Leave it. I want to show it to people." And oh, wow. um, it, it was, you know, for me, it was nothing spectacular. I would, I never built what came in the Legos package, Same. ever, ever. Same. Uh, and when I see people that do build it and then like glue it and leave it as is, I'm like, oh, friggin' nazi like why would you do such a thing <laughs> like, you're stifling yourself <laughs> i literally had this big box my stepdad made with just endless legos and i would just sit there for hours on hours just building weird shit and i'd build something like ma check this out she's like don't break it leave it like that i want to show it to people and i'm like am i gonna get put in a home now like is this like <laughs> you know how they're like oh you know if you're if you're a kid and you're like burning ants with a magnifying glass and killing small animals then you know that that's fine let's let's go back to that because i try tried to steer you in the direction of the comic book stuff a little bit <clears throat> i'll save it i'm saving it because you're a huge comic <laughs> book fan yeah and there's a you know a thunderbolt in your background and, and everything of that nature when did uh when did comic books kind of come into the, like your ether like your deep in your core when did that start when i was a little kid uh the first my first like oh my god what is this was a little bit of uh superman one and two as well as the Shazam um, TV show from that was in when I was watching Saturday morning cartoons as a kid, I would stay and watch Shazam because that would come on at like 1.30. Mm-hmm. So like the good cartoons were on from like 8.30 to like 10.30. And then you started getting like maybe the weird cartoons or um, Land of the Lost and, you know, like the live action stuff. But gotcha. then if you sat and waited through that, you I'd get Shazam. So I'd always watch Shazam, and that's where my love for that character was birthed. But then, again, my my half-brother was really into comics and music. Uh, he was he was like 20 at the time, so, and I was, you know, under 10. And he would come back, and I'd see him with a stack of comics, and he was really into Conan. And I was like, I was more enamored with the covers. Like, I didn't really read them because I'm lazy but i just be like wow i'm like this co- these covers are insane like the artwork was insane it was a little bit towards heavy metal if you guys know what heavy metal is it was sort of like an adult comic which often would have completely disproportionate women drawn yeah. and just like next to nothing conan was pretty close to that but not quite but he'd come home with like that and i'd be like wow look at this and then he really liked x-men and um, that put me onto X-Men. And then as I got older, I started collecting baseball cards. Like I think every kid did in that little window of time. Oh, sure. I totally did that. Um, Tops was Tops and X-Men was my, my life. <laughs> so at this point in time, I have a what's little your, pet. Who's your, who's your favorite X-Men? Uh, you know, I have to say Wolverine. Right. Just because, you know, I hated that he's jumped the shark and he's become this other character now. But um, growing up, he was who I read for. You know, it was it was the tenacity, the, the the cool outfit, the brown and yellow. You know, I didn't really care for the blue and yellow. As much as I love Chris Claremont, I'm a I'm a brown and yellow Wolverine guy. I actually have a, a friend of mine who's a college, one of my college professors, uh, who actually worked for Marvel at a time. So like, I'm I'm gonna try to reach out to him, have him come on the show because I'd love for nice. him to talk like some of that stuff because he's a super big comic book nerd, nerd too. Mine was Gambit, by the way, but yeah, please please go Dude, on. Dude, Gambit's I love, dope. I love Gambit. um, Gambit's my man. Gambit's dope, man. He um, I was actually gonna do a little quick poll for you here. Do it. Yeah, man. Oh, Deadpool versus Gambit. Yeah. Ooh. I just happened to look at this the other day. So dope. Um, I, I actually really like Gambit too. When I thought Ryan Reynolds and um. What's his name? The guy that was going to play Gambit. 
Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. I was kind of shocked. I like the kid that played him in that movie. Yes. He I was, did too. He was kind of spot on. He looked like him. Yeah. He was good they looking, just, but not they too just good wrote looking. The movie like shit. Yeah, it was like, a horrible, horrible, he was, horrible he, writing. He was a good casting for that. I would have yeah. loved to have seen him like go further with that. Yeah, definitely. And then he did uh, like Cameron Cameron Poe. Maybe he did that like Ghost of not Ghost of Mars, John of Mars or whatever. That that other movie he did that I felt bad. I'm like this guy's a pretty good actor. Like I, it's unfortunate yeah. he's just picking the wrong. Well, he's not even picking the wrong roles. He's just he's getting it's shit, shit writing. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. So yeah, I um I, I when I was going to the card store, it was also a comic store, and I didn't really like all my friends were in the cards, not really comics, and this is around like the the eighty nine Upper Deck Griffey, you know, and all that era. So we're all buying Upper Deck cards and and all these other just trying to get those inserts aluminum foil right in this yeah the dude just pattern. and then you know Taylor Klitsch, thank you Taylor Kish yes Kills there's our Klitsch, there's yeah. our there's our connection right there there's Mr Barbaro, well done That's- sir. That's Chris Barbara. Um, we're gonna we're gonna have him Chris. on the show too. I lost my train of thought. Uh, you're in the store. Oh, comic store. So we're buying yeah. cards, and um, I, I wasn't gonna be the dude that buys comic books when all my friends are buying cards and then trading cards. Uh, fun fact: years later, it was found out that that comic book store was using a steamer to open up the tops packs, take out all the good Ooh. ones, put oh, fill it with bad ones, and then resealing it. They didn't do it with the foil ones because you couldn't do it with the foil yeah. ones. But the tops that, they were doing that, that. like yeah, the little plasticky ones. Or yeah, whatever. like the wax paper. The chewing the god awful chewing oh, gum god. in there. Yeah, yeah. So I, st- I still ate it anyway. Um one of my friends kind of comes out, I guess that's a thing. He comes out and he's like, oh, I'm gonna go look at some comics. And I'm like, You you are? He's like, Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like I'll, I'll come. I'll come with you. And we went over, and we spent money on comics, and we're driving home. And the first thing we figured out was baseball cards are a lot easier to carry in the bag than comic books when you're on a pedal on a pedal bike. Oh sure. Um, and so everything I bought for those first two years, I wish I knew about backboards in plastic bags because <laughs> everything. I, and I bought some good comics. In retrospect, I knew some of the comics I bought, and um, one of the ones I bought was um, the whole Star Wars. Uh, Dark Forces or whatever it is. Um, yeah, I bought that whole series. It's all junk. It's all, you know, <laughs> it, it it's it's maybe two shades away from an over, overused porn mag. Just pages are stuck together. Print is on the other page. Everything's all jacked up. I mean, you can do what you want to do in your own free time. Sir. It is Star Wars. So. That's true. um so yeah that's how comic books started for me and i I flip um it just most most like comics do so a lot of the writers like jim lee was with dc and marvel he's he's ahead of dc now but when he was with marvel i was really liking what he did over there and i really like quite a few writers that have gone back and forth between the two like my favorite artist right now is tyler kirkham who is relatively unknown relatively small and relatively new, but he's a beast. I, I think everybody defaults to Alex Ross, rightfully so, but he's sort of in another tier of artists. So right now I'm on DC. 90s, early 2000s, it was all Marvel. I wouldn't even touch a DC book. Like everybody else, I laughed at Aquaman at every chance I had. <laughs> so what it, like what um, you know, what kind of music, what kind of movies and stuff were you getting kind of into with, you know, around I that time for you? Headphones. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry. Can you hear um, me? This is v- why it's live, people. V Mata. Gotta love that. I mean, it's Gotta a blessing it. and a curse. Yeah. Um, I was, uh, I think I was in the same thing everybody was into back then. It was when you're that age, you sort of like follow the trends. You don't want to be. Uh, I say all the time on my stream that um, I was just such a late adapter to like Morrissey and The Cure 
and even Depeche Mode a little bit because when I was in the late 80s, early 90s, um, nobody was listening to that. Everybody was listening to rap. And the kids that weren't listening to rap were the crunchy kids that would listen to like classic rock. Now, my dad really listened to a lot of classic rock and a lot of like proper blues. So my spent my time spent with my dad was listening to that stuff where I really got to know. We listened to like the, every Sunday morning they had like the Beatles show and we listened to nothing but the Beatles for two hours on Sunday. And then it would go into like like I said proper blues music, and um, my mother would listen to pop. So it was like Anita Baker and Whitney Houston and the Pointer Sisters and stuff like that. Uh, meanwhile, I have a massive Public Enemy poster on my wall, lines in my head. I got hammer pants with patent leather shoes. Is there, a photo, is there photos of that somewhere? I don't, I don't think there is. Oh, I'll um, pay good money. Uh, Nancy, your wife, if she's <laughs> listening, I will pay good money for you to dig in any kind of photo albums anywhere to find you that. You know, I don't. I don't think there are because you remember like that wasn't the time of ca- even disposable cameras. I barely had any thing. pictures of me growing up. Yeah, no, barely uh, any. I've moved so many times that I don't. I like I, I have like maybe two boxes of my whole life, and that like that's it. So, did you go to the movies like a lot as a kid, or did you like were you like a blockbuster kind of kid, or like what? I did the blockbuster thing. We had um. A small one, not not a real blockbuster. Before Blockbuster took over, we had a small. I think it was actually called the Movie Stop, and my okay. parents would let me go, get what I wanted. My sister would get what she wanted. Then my stepdad, the wizard that he was, went out and bought a second VCR, and then we yes. started pirating, dude, pirating, cool. firing the shit, <laughs> everything. <laughs> but it wasn't for distribution. It's kind of like Twitch. It was kind of like it's not for distribution. It's for entertainment. You know? It's kind of like Twitch, yeah. <laughs> Double VCR, folks. Kind of like Twitch. So it was, like a co- it was a combination of doing that. And then um, the other thing I did a lot of, and I never really thought about it until just now, was just record MTV and BET constantly. Yes, I did um, too. I did too. Usher, my way video, I prob- I recorded that. I love that. I love that song. I don't care. Uh, I don't care who knows it. Come get, come at me, labels. Yeah, the video, <laughs> I, ha- I, I, don't, I don't have it anymore, but I loved it. Um, when you go to the movie, you have any, like, um, since you're, like, you know, the ADD, but also the focus, when uh, when you're going to the movies, do you have, like, a specific place that you have to sit, a specific snack that you have to have, like, <laughs> like that kind of stuff, you know? If Nancy's watching, she might chime in. I always get the the best seat, and yeah. I, I, I'm thankful that my family um, is, like, let, let them have it. Let him let, let him have his damn seat. Yeah. Um, now that you can pick seats ahead of time, that's it's amazing. Um, we spend more on food than we do the tickets generally when we all go. Sure. Um, I love love the theater experience, especially now that the theaters have gotten. There's no such thing as a bad theater anymore. They're all pretty good. Like you might end up with a small screen, but for the most part, you're not gonna see a booty theater anymore. Um, but I, re- I remember there's a couple memories I have, distinct memories, uh, standing in line for Batman 89 um, for like two and a half hours and being awesome. the, the last, me and my friends were the last three people that got in to the showing and two of us sat together and then the other person had to sit somewhere else um, and just being blown away by that movie. Um, and as a comic book fan, I was I loved it, but it was kind of funny because when by the time the second one came out, I had moved to comic book elitism, where I was like, man, I'm not even gonna see that trash (laughs) because you know he's not the Dark Knight, it's not the it's Tim Burton, it's Michael Keaton, blah blah blah, and there's something that it's just like music, you know. And now, and now, how do you feel about those? Now, now the second one is one of my favorites. Exactly, it's one of my favorites. Yes. 
Um, and it's just like music. Like you come in, like dance music. You come in, listen to the Vanga Boys, but by the time three years is up, you're you're listening to like Bedrock, you know, Bedrock Classic Collection, and everything is trash. Uh, I think Billy actually said it the other day. Like you, you judge because you've you've been in this realm for so long, you feel like you know the difference between good and bad. You are the authority on it. Right? Yeah, and it's like, Bleh. I'm not, I'm not, you're not gonna watch that crap, are you? Here. <laughs> Dark Knight, read this. This is all you need. So do you feel like you're a good authority on like what's good and what's like as far as like that kind of stuff goes? Not at all. Not even look at the movie I picked, dude. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to you know what? Full disclosure. I was going to yes. pick Goonies because I, it's arguably it's one of my favorite movies. OK, but in true Joshua Carl fashion, I like to go left. I and like to I like. Ball. I like deep, to either come with a curveball and I like cut. to a deep cut or uh, something. And this is something I genuinely do. I like to bring things to the table that I feel maybe people don't know about and maybe they should. You know what I mean? Like this, this particular movie, people who have seen it and have had the patience because a lot of people watch it once and they're like, meh. But once you watch it a few times, it's got like a cult following. It's got like this weird, this weird status uh, in the movie realm. So that's kind of why I picked this one, but it's it's indi- completely indicative of how I am with everything. Like, uh, did you happen to see this movie in theater, or was it something that you got like digitally, or, or did you pirate it? Because from what I'm, you know, in in watching the show and then following up on it, it was one of the most pirated movies in the year, you know, 2015. Like right well, after it because came out. it was so they made the movie originally in 2005, and you can watch that on YouTube, and it's. It's funny. It's got some of the same jokes, but it's definitely super, super, super low budget. We could probably, given the gear we have, we could probably make that movie right now. Um, they tried to sell it for 10 years and it finally got picked up. But um, I stumbled across it late on like, you know, a movie channel. It might even been IFC or something like maybe a year or two after. So like on like on television. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, was, it wasn't it was cut. I, I remember it was, you know, like the full version, but IFC does that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, man, this this is almost like uh, a Mighty Wind or Dog Show or Spinal Tap. Okay, you know what I mean? Like it's a in Christopher that, Guest, like kind a of, Christopher Guest, yeah, like yeah that family yeah, of, yeah, of things. Gotcha. And I love love those movies, all of them. Yeah. So it had never been done before. Like it was completely fresh and original. Because like when I first saw it, I was like, oh, this is kind of like you know, scary movie. You know what I mean? Like when it, my my knee jerk reaction was like, it's a comedy on the trope of vampires. It's been done. You know what I mean? But then I watched it the second time and I just fell in love with the whole thing. And Taika Waititi is just, he's slow. Between then and now, he's slowly become like one of my favorite people. Like everything he touches, I'm just gold. like, sign Absolute me up. Gold. Sign yeah. me up. Yeah. Um, I like, I wasn't uh, on board originally with kind of like Jojo Rabbit. I, it's it's a tough thing to sell. It, it's weird because like, it's, it's like, I don't want to say it's glorifying Nazis because it's definitely not doing that. But it puts them in a different light than, you know, the ultra disgusting, you know, whatever people that they were during that time. Right. So, like, uh, I'm a half Jewish. So, like, you know, my reservations about, you know, watching that kind of stuff. I actually watched it on a on a, on a flight home. I loved it. I thought like oh, I was so like, good. It's so smart. He's so smart. And that's what, one of the things that that I really loved about uh, the, that about him is that he's he's good at what he does at, at storytelling and, and how he does that. And he's super, super smart. It's very funny. It's it's funny because when I thought about making this my movie and coming on, I was like, you know, I I know people are gonna see this, go and watch it, and just be like, I don't get it. 
And, <laughs> and the, there's nothing wrong with that. And and I explain to people, like, if you're expecting Farrelly Brothers level comedy, this is not what it's going to be. Uh, uh, ben Stiller is not getting his scrotum stuck in a zipper. Like... <laughs> Beans and Franks are not. I, I laughed at that scene All for days, for days. Yeah. Like it was, I would just like three days after I saw that movie, I'd be like. <laughs> but this, but this movie does have those a uh, like similar moments that are that are that are like that. I'll say, um, for sure. So what I want to do is, uh, we're gonna try this again. We're gonna go take two on. Uh, we're gonna show the the trailer of the movie for what we do in the shadow. So if people, you know, maybe after listening to the podcast or whatever, get excited about it, want to check it out, you know, we can give you give you just kind of a brief overview uh, of that. So give me a second to. We're gonna cue this up, um, and then kind of go from there. We're gonna share this screen. Here we go. Let me know if you guys can hear this in the chat. It's been like this the whole time, Deacon, on dishes, and it still hasn't moved in five <laughs> years. You're a cool guy, but you're not pulling your weight in the flat. Oh, I'm glad to hear that I'm cool. No, that's not the point, though. Yeah, yeah no, I know. Not a, I know. Flat meeting about how cool you are. <laughs> when you get three vampires in a flat, Obviously, there's going to be a lot of tension. Viago <laughs> was an 18th century dandy. Ooh, a ghost cop. <laughs> is a bit of a pervert. This is my torture chamber. Deacon. <laughs> I, lo I love him so much. He's so good. To pay rent? But I don't. The trouble with being a vampire is you have to be invited in. Will you invite us in? We need some fresh blood. Hi, my name is Nick. I've been a vampire for two months. Gentlemen, you are most welcome. Nick is so much fun. I'm a vampire. Such a dick. <laughs> Nick, why don't you use the front door? You want to draw attention to this house, hmm? Got a whole documentary crew following you around. You let a vampire hunt into our don't house. Wait a minute, I just got my email. Kill you! I'm already dead! Not keep the camera guy, maybe one camera guy. <laughs> There's Reese Darby right there. Yeah, he's amazing. I love it. This, wow. I, I love that scene. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was, don't swear. What are we? Werewolves, not swearwolves. Werewolves, not swearwolves. When you're a vampire, you become very sexy. <laughs> oh. oh my goodness. It's It's almost... Um, and obviously it's not, it, it'll never be the level of, um, Monty Python, but if you watch like the life of Brian, it's not like rip roaring slapstick yes. toilet humor. Like you have to pay attention to the dialogue and see the cynicism and the, in the cleverness. There's a lot of like hit subtle, like things in there that are just like off. Uh, like response, like call and response, almost things that happen in this movie that if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss, like, you're going to miss a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, yep, swagging it out up. right here. I love it. He's wearing a werewolf, not werewolf shirt. So good. 
So obviously, guys, this is what we're talking about. It's on the title. It's on the description. It's on everywhere. About five different things, you know, is <laughs> the movie we're talking about. What we do in the shadows. Now, do you have like you know, some some fun facts from after you know watching the movie and and hearing about it that you you know after like maybe digging a little bit or or, or just coming across these things you're like wow I didn't know this that you know people that are that have seen it or are, are now going to go back and see it and watch it could would be like oh wow that's cool. I think with the biggest thing with, and it's kind of hard because um, I picked such a new movie and I mean, it is 10 years old, but um, with older movies there, the stories come out from the movies 20 years later. So there's yeah. like, you know, now with a movie that the production and everything is, is kind of right out there for everybody to see, there's not a whole lot of that. What there is though, is like I said, they, they made the original movie and it did. Okay. Same cast come back 10 years later, make it a super success. And then they go and they make the TV show. And the TV show on FXX, I dare say, is as funny as the movie, if not funnier. And it's for a few reasons. One, Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement stayed on board as um, like producers and directors. But they've brought in one of my favorite, favorite actors, uh, comedic actors, Matt Berry. Okay. I don't know if you, Matt Berry is so ridiculously funny. He's from the IT crowd and uh toast to london but he he comes in as a vampire and there's a couple other relatively unknown actors playing the same situation but in staten island then they start bringing in the guests and they brought in so many but i don't want to spoil season one's finale yeah. but let's just say they get almost every single person who's played a vampire on screen except for a couple big ones yeah. To come back as that vampire on what we do in the shadows, it's so <laughs> ridiculously funny. So, I, so I haven't seen uh, up until this point. I hadn't seen this movie. I, I had, I just, I just hadn't seen it, and I hadn't seen the TV show either. But after watching this and you know talking to you about it, I definitely want to check out the. I definitely want to check it out because I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, that that man, the the TV show goes down a, a couple other roads that the, the movie couldn't because the movie it it's got to have you know introduction, right. set the scene, uh, and even though it doesn't really have a typical like crescendo and you know whatnot, it does sort of follow like your standard plot of a movie. The show obviously has completely different ideologies, so um, they brought in Mark Hamill as a recurring character. It's so ridiculous. Does he play himself or he play he has like a different No, he plays a he plays a vampire. But I, I like again I don't want to spoil too much. The he, the surprises on the show when certain people like Haley Joe Osment shows up to be a familiar which is you know like a yep. vampire slave but he ends up getting turned into a zombie and going crazy. It's um I can't even start to it's two seasons deep and it's the same kind of humor like if you've got somebody talking to you while you watch the show it's not going to be funny you yeah. really have to sit down and listen to it in, in uh, Noel Fielding yeah yeah I'm surprised Noel Fielding hasn't been on it love him too I love the Mighty Boosh in checking out like some of the stuff that that was available to find out like I love I love digging deep into like the behind the scenes stuff as to what happened you know is there like some kind of production snafu that happened or this or that that there is like a hundred there was a hundred and twenty five hours of this film that was shot just for this film that and there's three different versions of this film that was completely shot and edited. So they they edited this runtime on this movie is not very long. It's like 90 minutes. It took them almost over a year to be able to kind of edit down the 125 hours of film that they had because there was like a more serious one. Then there was like an even more like comedic driven one. And then there was a kind of an edit that was like right down the middle. 
and that's kind of where they landed with like what the release was. Yeah, I, that, I, 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 I didn't. Was- I didn't find that much much of it. I actually looked, especially after last week, when I was like, "Well, I'm gonna do some digging because I don't want to be the one that's like, I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> Let me pull up YouTube. Shots fired, Billy. Shots fired. No, but- I mean, <laughs> um, yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> we love them. We tease because we love. And yes. if you guys have figured out one thing, the more I get to know people, the more I bring them into my circle, the more I razz the shit out of them. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I, get, I, get, I get plenty. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, I think the thing is that for most people coming into this movie um, is obviously the connection with Taika Waititi. And like, if you've ever seen Thor Ragnarok, you get an idea of his abilities as a director. And if you find the New Zealand thing funny, and as a DJ, I do, because if you remember, all the original Serato videos were narrated by somebody in New Zealand. Yeah. And the little things like they don't say, so they call turntables decks, but they don't say decks, they say dicks. Yeah. So the videos are always like, <laughs> plug your dick into the back of the mixer. And you're just like, what? What do you say? <laughs> so seeing like if you guys remember the rock creature from I can forget his name from Ragnarok, that's Taika Waititi's character, and it's just like this mild mannered, you know, New Zealand character. Yeah. Um. So I've always had this thing for both English humor and New Zealand humor. So uh, that movie just, man, it's we, we Not, act- yeah. My wife and I actually watched it again last night because I was like, let's let's watch one more time. Just because I want to have it fresh, and it's that it's to that point now with me that I know everything that's going to happen, and I know every line, and it, it's become the holy grail for me. Like the holy grail, I know every line, every scene, you know, and obviously the original holy trilogy of Star Wars movies. You know what I love is uh, um, I noticed where they were. I was paying attention to obviously watching the movie, but the lo- I knew exactly the location of where they were when they were going and walking out in the street, and there's a district. And it's in Wellington, New Zealand. I know th- I know where it is. I knew exactly the bar district that they were walking up and down and filming that part because there's there's been these like random videos on on uh, on Facebook that are, that have popped up and they're like react like drunk reaction videos mm-hmm. and there's people out there and I could see that that whole street and I was like I know exactly where they are. <laughs> I was like they're in fucking Wellington right now and it's just so so random the way that shit goes down and they're actually. Like all the places that they were going to and filming and trying to get invited in, because <laughs> that's the thing is like they these three guys are like single guys and want to go out for a night on the town. And the vampire rule is you have to be invited into a place. So they're outside bars where there's bouncers and things like that, and they want to come in. And and he's just like they're like, can, we <laughs> we, can you like, can you invite us in? He's like, yeah, yeah you can go in. Yeah, but you can, can you, in, can you like, invite us? But <laughs> you, you need to invite us in. <laughs> It's just hilarious. Anyway, one, one of the cool things, uh, actually, now that I think about it, I did watch a couple like interviews with the guys, and in the original shoot, when they do that scene walking through Wellington, um, in the original one, they were getting chastised by all the drunk Wellington people, like calling them all kinds of you know gay slurs. Heckled, yeah. And they were like, "This is perfect. This is exactly what we want." So when they went to reshoot, it was 2010 or whatever. And the world had matured a bit. So they're walking down the street dressed as they're dressed, waiting for these Wellington drunk people to start heckling them. But society has changed. So nobody was giving them any shit. They're just like, oh, there's some weird guys. So they, that guy that yells at them yeah. was an actor yeah. because they couldn't get 
they couldn't get someone to actually like do it raw, so they could be like, "Hey, yeah, we're, you signed this waiver right here. We're going to put you in a movie." Like, it just didn't happen. That's too funny. What's what I what I also what I loved about this is like a lot of this like humor and like the scene structure and everything for this movie was like mostly improvised. Yeah, yeah. Jermaine and Taika like had this whole you know outline of what they wanted to do, like pages and pages and pages of scripts and everything like that. But like they didn't let anybody really in on it. They're like you know they're setting up the shots for the blocking and doing that or whatever. Then they're gonna just be like, all right, well this is the kind of thing. This is kind of what we're gonna do. This is you know, and then we're gonna go from here to here. And this is like the conversation kind of what they want to have and then mm-hmm. like go just to like let that like natural kind of shit happen i love when that happens and the fact that they i mean i know the cameras the trick is you always shoot the guy receiving the reaction over the shoulder but how you didn't even catch a snicker out of some of those lines like you know there's a couple ones that poke up and he's like you know why do you eat virgins he's like well you know i think i we, we eat virgins because we think it sounds cool <laughs> plus it's always nice to know like if somebody offered you a sandwich wouldn't you be more interested in eating it if you knew someone hadn't already fucked it okay. <laughs> it's so good it's oh so man good. it's like those jermaine uh, clement right in that movie is mm-hmm. like he's by far like my standout obvious favorite i love the stuff that he does He's a, he's amazing. Uh, in that FX show that he was in, like, even in like you know the Disney movie where he's like a, a big giant crab, like he's just he was in really, um, absolutely brilliant. Moana, the, the horrible Men in Black. He played like the the main bad guy in Men in Black Three. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, he was on the the Marvel show on FX, um, Legion. Yeah, and he played like a weird seventies version of himself. Obviously, Flight of the Concords, he's amazing. But yeah, so that whole. That whole click, it's kind of like when you watch something with Silent Live character people, you know, like if Will Ferrell's in it, then these actors are going to be in it too, even if in a supportive role. So when I feel like when I watch that, I know, like when I saw Reese Darby show up, I'm like, I'm yeah. waiting, I'm waiting to see the other guy from Flight of the Conquerors, even though we didn't. But um, the the werewolf vampire interaction is just. He's just such a funny actor. Like uh, most people know him from. If you haven't seen Jumanji, the new Jumanji, yeah. he plays like the Nigel. Yeah, he's the, he's the NPC. He's like the non-player character that like invites you into the game and like tells you where to go and is like, Doctor, you know, Bravestone. Welcome to Jumanji. Like he's like that intro character that you see, and so like that's the guy. He is the pack leader of this group of werewolves in this movie that the um, <laughs> the vampires have like beef with. <laughs> What's up, Bobby? Bobby Promo. Hello, sir. We're going to have you on this show, Bobby, because you've got stories and stories for days. Love, love to have you for sure. Um, any, any other thing? Oh, and there was also going to be, um, speaking of like where we are with the werewolves and stuff, the idea that there was going to be a sequel for that movie, like the sequel to this movie was going to be set around that pack of werewolves. And it didn't, I don't think it caught enough steam. And then they kind of parlayed that into this now, like the, the TV show instead. Right. Which is weird because if you look at how many awards the show, the movie won, you would have thought there would have been just legions. People of were studios. lining up to do it. Yeah, right. Like, like, hey, like you, you guys got the hot hand. Obviously, Taika was on the cut. They, they could have never known that. You know, he did that Beyond the Wilder People, which is kind of like a deep, thoughtful movie, but it's right. a good movie. And of course, Ragnarok and Jojo Rabbit. But before that, the only thing you knew him from was Green Lantern. He played. <laughs> he played Ryan Reynolds' friend. Sidekick um, guy. Yeah, so... Um, the, comp- the guy in the chair. He plays yeah, the he guy was, in the chair yeah, for was, Ryan Reynolds, pretty much. And what's funny is, like, he... he 
it's funny you see him now. He looks like a different person. I yeah, um, you wouldn't even recognize him anymore. Anyway. And of course, he did uh, two episodes of The Mandalorian. Yes. Um, so I mean, you would have never known that in 2010. How could you? It's just unfortunate that we didn't get more, or even like you said, a sequel with the werewolves. Because I would have loved that. I I, th- I think so too, especially because like just see with that same style, that same you know mockumentary thing just kind of flipped on its own to to let them go more into the you know the the etymology of where they come from or mm-hmm. like why they're they're werewolves not swearwolves and like <laughs> when they're chaining themselves to the to <laughs> the like trees the, the trees to not hulk out you know yeah just, like just declan don't don't put yourself that little tree you know how big you get get to a bigger tree and then the guy has he has <laughs> a the number the lock a number lock he's <laughs> like well what, why'd you get a number lock well last time i, I had a key and i lost it <laughs> Oh man, it's just so personal. But then, like the fantasy element is—it's just—it's just well played. So so well played. So let's move into like one of the things that I like to do uh, is you know I want to remix the cast, right? So we want to go ahead and we want to recast this movie. Normally, we would take you know if we're talking about an older movie, that we would go in and talk about you know if they make it in five ten years from now, you know who are the actors that we see playing these parts. Being this is this is a relative new movie. I want to literally flip the script on that and go backwards. So what about if we're making this movie was made in, you know, the 80 late 80s, early 90s around this time. Let's 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 have some fun with kind of recasting this movie to try and see who we think actors uh, the actors would be for that. Well, so let's go ahead. Um, I mean, the 80s staple when we talked about this, my my mind immediately went to two people. Tom Hanks and Pee Wee Herman. Really? So Pee Wee Herman's already played okay. a vampire. We know he has those chops. It's Tom, true. Tom Hanks in the 80s hadn't gone down that road yet. He was still kind of comedic. So if you could get him between the Burbs and um, uh, Castaway, like that time when he was like okay. switching. So I was like, um, Deacon, I think Paul Rubens could probably play Deacon. Um, okay. And then... Um, uh, Yargo, Yargo would be Tom Hanks. Um, I had trouble with um, Vlad. I, I was trying to think of like I'm like who's a husky, good-looking, <laughs> Vladislav, sexy but not a sex symbol kind of person. I could, I really couldn't come up with that. My, my mind briefly went to like Gerard Depardieu. Okay. You know what I mean? Because he's like a big hulky a bigger, guy, and, guy, and yeah, he is—he's a lot. He's actually—I didn't know this. I mean, I know it now, but I remember the first time I heard it, like he's a sex symbol, and I'm like, really? Apparently, <laughs> apparently he is. <laughs> but oh, okay, we're not going to—we're not going to kink shame anybody on this yeah. show, you know. Uh, John Cusack—that's a good one too. <laughs> so somebody—he totally is a sex symbol. <laughs> Whatever floats your boat. Uh, he's my so, sex symbol. So that's yeah. You just fired away three one three real quick. So I'll go and go back. I'll go like for Vladislav. So we're talking like Jermaine Clemens character, right? And I'm gonna kind of flip the script on it a little bit. But these three main vampires are all derived from source material. So what I want to do is cast the source material as the as the actors in this movie so, so gary so gary oldman gary oldman yeah. because that that character jermaine clement's character is based off of gary oldman's bram stoker's dracula so i want to i want to cast him as that that's what that would be my my first cast and then so for uh viago for taika waititi's character his character was based off of um 
Brad Pitt. Well, technically, his his character is based off his mom. Like he took a lot of men. Yeah, I heard mom. that too. Yeah. But uh, his uh, character was based off the guy in Interview with a Vampire, Brad Pitt's character. Mm-hmm. So not Lestat and Tom Cruise, but we're talking Brad Pitt's character in uh, in Interview with a Vampire. So I, I'm going. Well, let, let's go and do that too. So I, I'm down with that. Even he's super pretty. So like the the casting between like the direct reflections of that. But uh, uh, Louis, yeah, L- yeah, Louis, there it is. Don't yes. make me do this. I cannot. That's 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 a line from that movie. Love it. Uh, <laughs> young, young Kristen Dunst in that movie as well. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that's the source material for that. And for Deacon, Deacon is uh, Kiefer Sutherland's character in The Lost Boys. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's all, you know, within that, like, you know, eight to ten year time period, we can get all those guys. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if we went back to '85 and it's it was an unheard of thing back then for movies to cross over? You would never see kind of like Glass in the M Night Shyamalan like trilogy. You have yeah. Bruce Willis came back and all that. You, that never happened in our day. I think if that happened in our day, that would have been insane. Could you imagine if a comedy came out with all three of the actors you just said reprise yeah. their role in a comedic fashion? How insane that movie would be! Yeah. And like obviously, uh, to me, it, it, like casting those three guys, it sounds super disjointed and doesn't seem like it would work. But to have like to think about Kiefer Sutherland and like Gary Oldman going like full blown like comedy <laughs> roles, you know what I mean? Like, I, like Gary Oldman to me is one of my favorite actors of all time. Point blank done. See, send it. So, like, for them to do like straight up comedy roles, I think it would be hilarious to watch. Oh, you know what? I did come up with um, a Vlad, and I, you know who it was? John Malkovich. Okay. And I, I, th- and, you know, I always go back to um, uh, what, uh, what's that movie? Um, Rounders. Dan- no, Dangerous Liaisons. Oh. Okay. Because he played like you know it was that France in the 1800s sort of thing. So I can see him. In those outfits, and yeah. you've you've seen him play that like dark character, like yeah. not Con Air dark, but you know, <laughs> Cyrus, like the virus. He's, he's he's been there before, and his diction and his delivery are very reminiscent of somebody who's been on the planet for thousands of years. Yeah, I like that's a, I like that. That's not a, not a bad idea. What do you think if uh, they were gonna um, we were gonna cast like Stu? Who's a, who, who's kind of like the hero of this movie? Yeah, but he's so quiet. I mean, I love. So for those who haven't watched the movie, I'm not going to spoil too much. But he breaks through the barrier of like the vampires being stuck in their era, and he brings things to them like the internet, which leads to one of my favorite lines: "Leave me be. Let me do my dark bidding on the internet. What are you <laughs> bidding on?" <laughs> Or when he's like, he's like, he's what's on this? eBay, by the way. He's, yeah. on, he's on Google. He's like, you type yeah. in whatever you want and you'll find it. I lost a key in 1735. <laughs> Put that in Google. You're a lake. Find it. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's so a tough like, one, man. I'm thinking like maybe somebody like Ian Michael Hall from like the 80s or something like that that's like nerdish looking. Oh, yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Not like off to the side, but you mm-hmm. know. I, but I don't want to say super like Breakfast Club kind of Ian Michael because he's too Rat young. Pack, early Rat like, Pack. Yeah, like Brad Pack. Sorry, not that's Rat too Pack. young. But like before he gets to that weird show on the USA Network where he's like got a dead zone in his brain, like around right in the middle, like just get that right in the middle. Or something. <laughs> that's I such think a that would be it. it's such a weird it's such a weird role. I feel like anybody could do it, but I I, I gravitate in my mind to people who are a little bit thicker with like the wispy blonde hair. Yeah. Um, 
Because he doesn't have a whole lot of lines. <laughs> no, he doesn't. And what and what's super funny about that is that guy's not an actor. They literally brought him into this movie, and they say in his in his role in the movie is that you know he's an IT guy and like he he works in you know whatever. But like that's literally what he did. He was a real life IT guy, and he he told uh, or what, Taika just asked him to come and be in the movie and said he would just give him like this. You know, like this tiny little thing, like off to the side, just a little cameo or whatever. He didn't be like he's one of the like driving things in this movie without obviously giving too much away, which is mm-hmm. hilarious. And then that just leaves, um, technically just leaves um the the dude that gets turned, Nick. Nick Nick Nick. I had a really hard time trying to come up with someone uh some someone with for Nick. Um I was thinking Christian Slater. Okay. Cause he's gotta be kind of like arrogant and pompous. Yeah, and, and wild. You know what I mean. He would definitely have to be like a, an '80s wild guy, or even like Rob Lowe. You know. Oh, oh yeah. All right, I see that. I, I'm not. Yeah, I was. I was having trouble trying to find somebody. I, I hit the Google like the internet so I could try and find something. Right. So I like type in supporting actors from the '90s, and like there's no one that I recognize on any of these things. There are a bunch of like. Uh, there's just a bunch of foreign films that are like maybe SEO'd and like Googled like the right way. So it could come up and be like, what about the, Oh, here, that's a good idea. What about the guy that played, he was in boy meets world, like Sean. Oh yeah. Yep. That's a, <laughs> that's a good somebody that we would pop up and you'd be like, who's that now? Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Remember that guy? <laughs> yeah. That guy. The guy played Sean on boy meets world. Whoever, whoever you are, sir, I'm going to find your name out later, but that's, you just popped right in my brain there for a second. Matt Dillon. That's a good one. You know, um, the girl from Boy Meets World is a full-blown porn star now. So, surprise. You Wait, guys who watched who? that. Topanga? The, no. No, no. The other one. The, <laughs> the red, the redhead. The one that came in later. Oh, I don't know. Topanga was it for me. I was out. I was out later. Well, I, wasn't, I wasn't watching that later. I, I caught it a little <laughs> bit. and It popped up on, um, you know, those Twitter, like, here's what your favorite actors uh, are doing you, now. You, I, I'm such a sucker for some of those clickbait oh, yeah, things. Too. I me feel too. bad. Uh, my, my phone's probably, like, calling Russia and, and <laughs> doing all kinds of crazy shit right now. Awful. Sean Hunter. Good call. Good job, Eddie hey, Rebel. That's his real name? Yep. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was his name in the show. <laughs> I thought it was Boy. one of the things that i thought was the wildest about this movie while we're kind of like gonna kind of put a close to it is that one of the digital the one of the fun one of the fun things you see in the movie is like taika standing in front of a mirror and you can't see his reflection he's like "Ooh, look it's a ghost cop (laughs) like it's just super fun and like funny like that there's a, a scene in this movie where they're um they're at a restaurant and they're sitting at a restaurant and their reflections are in the table but they the digit like the vfx team spent 80 hours in removing all of their reflections from that one tiny little scene in that movie they spent so long on that one little part to remove all of the all of the all the reflections on the, to keep it like authentic i guess you know what i mean well, just you like know, once once a movie crosses a certain thing it becomes a subject of scrutiny by fans because People I know Con- that that watch continuity. this movie, like yeah, people that watch this movie, nobody watches it once. Like most of the fans of this movie watch it constantly because they want that. Oh, here it comes, here comes that line, or you know, here comes that scene, and um, they they had to know that one, the vampire community would be like, we can't take this movie, we can't take this movie seriously. Like one, 
who who does too? Shut <laughs> like I'm Twilight. I'm Twilight. <laughs> Shut up, Nick. You're That's not so Twilight. Good. Who'd you tell? Well, I told this vampire hunter. <laughs> I like that he was able to kind of like right because I wasn't sure where they're going with that movie with with, with them and him you know with like bringing them over the biscotti like that whole like that whole scene is fucking hilarious yeah. i love that yeah. i don't want to i don't want to give too much away because we want you guys to go if you haven't seen it to go watch it and if you have seen it you already know obviously what we're talking about it, it is definitely one of those movies that if we have nothing but time if, if you're in the realm where you have nothing but time sit down and just take it in just to just make sure you're not distracted distracted because it is one of those movies that you have to pay attention and you have to you have to look like i said like life of brian life of brian if you just watch it and you're not paying attention is not that funny of a movie but if you sit down and look at like the little tiny things that monty python's crew were smart enough or clever enough to put in and be like that's really funny like it's not in your face you know rowan atkinson right being a clown funny it is like really intelligently clever if you guys want to join the little live table discussion we're going to kind of pivot to that in a few minutes there's a link in the chat here uh you could just need to be you know on a web browser you can do it on a phone you can do it on a computer no matter what it is if you guys want to join the uh, round table discussion we'll kind of bring you on here if you have seen the movie feel free to fire away if you haven't seen the movie and you want to talk to us about it want to check <laughs> it on Feel free to do so. Jump right in here. You know, yes, just make sure you have pants on. You know, that's that's Please. you know always a good thing. No one needs to see too hot for too hot for any kind of podcast. That's for too hot for fader. <laughs> too hot, yeah. Too hot for fader and friends. Yeah, we're not we're we're not trying to do to anything of that. Uh, one of the other things I loved about this movie, as we're gonna kind of like see if anybody wants to come join the uh, the roundup with us, um, is that that ambulance scene where it is completely real like that's a legit ambulance worker like they all were a part of uh like it wasn't like a a movie set uh reprop uh reper what's the word i'm looking for josh come on help me out um uh, recommissioned actors? yeah like a recommissioned ambulance like a movie time ambulance it was, that was like a legit working ambulance they they um went like when they go and attack, I don't know. Later in the later in the park, where the two uh, where the vampires and the werewolves start to square off, and it gets really gruesome and gross. Um, they they weren't sure that they were going to keep these film scenes in the movie because they thought it may be too complicated. But they decided to film the scene last minute. They enlisted the help of a real ambulance crew and paramedics to like be a part and in on in on the scene. Um, they were happy to be a part of the movie on the condition that they would have to leave immediately if, like, a real emergency would have had to happen. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we're, we're down to help out, love to, you know, love to do it. But, you know, if there's something for real that's happening going on, we're, we're, uh, we're going to, you know, we, we got to go. Oh, Mr. 916, hello. Hey. How are you, Hasn't seen the movie. He's... Well, yeah. <laughs> hasn't, hasn't seen the movie. That's okay. But watching the trailer, were you were you interested in kind of checking it out? That's my vibe. Yeah, I'm way down. I love a mockumentary. Like um, my favorite mockumentary uh, to date is probably Fear of a Black Hat. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that one. I haven't. Um, it's pretty amazing. Um, but it's it's very much like like the Spinal Tap, but with '90s rap as like the subject mm -hmm. matter. Okay. Yeah, it's actually really fucking amazing. I think my other favorite. Actually, that's probably my favorite one. 
but I've never seen this one. I really want to see it. What's up, guys? How you doing? Did you put that over CB4? Uh, I would put it over <laughs> CB4 because it came out before CB4. CB4 kind of low-key bit this movie. Yeah. Ooh, um, okay. And uh, but um, I liked I liked the parody in Fear of a Black Hat more than CB4 personally. But there was some pretty funny parody in CB4, obviously too. Mm-hmm. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm just chilling. Yeah. I saw a link and I clicked it. The, the link in the chat, you clicked it, and now you're now you're here, sir. No, I'm I, here. I enjoyed uh, our time together on the last week's episode. Is I was so underprepared after watching back on the uh, on the on the YouTube replay, which actually is really good, dude. You uh, put a extra little spice onto it. I noticed, um, and it, it looked you. looked really sharp. So uh, yeah, um, I so you guys haven't. You guys haven't checked that out. The YouTube channel is on, you know, it's out there. So you can guys go make sure you t- search that. Fader and Friends, like and subscribe, all that stuff. But we've had Aiden Scott on so far. We had Billy Lane on last week. And we talked about Big Trouble in Little China. And then, um, you know, all these uh, the little remix segments that we're doing, I'm making sure you guys know exactly what we're talking about with as far as the actors go by, you know, placing them up there. And so it's it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Nice. I, I appreciate that. It's a learning process because your boy hasn't had to edit videos Ever, but you I mean neither really. But um, this whole unlike unlike unlike, unlike this guy like right here who's been a video editor and and whatever for like ever a little I, bit. Yeah, so I'm I'm trying to like not pick his ear off too much about like certain things because I'm like oh I figured this out now oh, I can do this now oh I know how to move this shit over here you know without without you know doing too much so it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, um, it's a learning process for a lot of us. Um, Life is a learning process, right? Yeah, right. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Am I right? But I guess since uh, what we do is content creation for the last almost year now, they're necessary skills in this world, right? So, thank God um, for tutorials. Get on to you for for yeah. like figuring it out and like you know um, moving with the times because not everybody is. It's true. It's very true. What do you guys got planned for the uh, the next uh, this week? I'm not here to plug my shit. I'm here to hang out with you. <laughs> yeah, that was more. That was more for Joshua. <laughs> uh tomorrow you know i got my um vintage friday stream at 7 p.m and then uh saturday eastern I, time eastern time yep yeah. and, oh, here's a, time zones bro here's a funny story so i'm also part of a raid on sunday called uh, raiders of the lost art which is from djs all over the planet so much so that the the um creator uses utc time i didn't get that memo um, actually, I got that memo. I just forgot that memo. And I was ready to play at 7 p.m. when, in fact, my start time was 2 p.m. So at 2 p.m., I forget what I was doing, but my phone starts blowing up. Where you at? Where you at? Where you at? And they all use WhatsApp, which is on, like, page 5 of my iPhone. So I'm not oh, really getting those so you're notifications. you're not getting the little bubble or whatever. Nope. And I'm that. just yeah, like, nothing. what's going on? And then Fever, <laughs> if he's still in there, shout out to Little Fever, texts me. He's like, yo, you good? And I'm like, yeah, man, what's up? He's like, what time do you go on? And I'm like, 7 and he's like, and I don't even think he wrote me back. I think he just went to the WhatsApp group and he's like, he had no idea who was supposed to play. <laughs> so if you're a part of a raid with people from across the planet, make sure that you use Google. You can literally type, what is 2 p.m. UTC time? Ask your phone. Eastern. It'll it'll yeah. tell you. So um, I have I have a I have a world the world clock in the the app. I have a bunch. I have different time zones set up so I uh, so I can know that stuff. Here's a pro tip because I've been a part of a lot of international raids in the last few months. Um, some of them have had documents with localized preferences, so you can actually set up a Google Doc that shows the time zone for the region that you're registered in. Uh-huh. Um, and so uh, when they're when they're setting everything up, 
Um, it's not you don't run into that confusion. It's a low. You can do a localized document. I dig it. I dig it. <laughs> Fever is here. He's hard. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to DJ Little Fever. He wants Every, to come on. Everybody makes mistakes. I'm only human. We're gonna ha- we're gonna have him come on in uh, in a future episode for sure. He wants to to talk about the room. Oh, which is like okay. I, I I know it. I know the internet's love and hate with it and, and everything, but I I have not seen it, so I, I you know I know uh, I know a little bit, but I, I'm I'm looking forward to getting to kind of know it. You guys got some movie cues that you're uh, looking into getting into the next couple of days? What are you watching? I want to watch Kong versus Godzilla whenever the hell that shit comes out, <laughs> or Godzilla versus um, Kong. I don't know which one, which order it goes in. Whatever way it happens, it's going to be great. Yeah. Who do you think? Who do you who do you got in a match between Godzilla and Kong? Godzilla. Godzilla. Yeah. I think yeah. Godzilla smokes yeah. Kong. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Godzilla's just, I mean, I'd put Godzilla against anybody of the same stature and he'd probably still lose. He's just a big monkey. Um, yeah. Godzilla's got freaking superpowers. Right. Depen- yeah. Depends, right. depends on, you know. Right. Are we, are we, are we going Mecha too, or we're we just going. Oh, OG? can you imagine? I was so, <laughs> no, like I said in the chat, man, I was so happy with the last movie when they busted out all the like original creature double feature guys. Man, I grew up, up, I grew up watching those. Like Mothra. after Shazam Mothra, was a creature sorry, double Mothra. feature. Mothra was this dude. Mothra, when Mothra, I said this in the chat, when Mothra showed up in that movie, I got watery eyes because that was my <laughs> wow. dude. Well, that was my dude when I was a kid. Like it became like not a joke, but it became a thing. Like Mothra was my favorite. I don't know why he's a big fucking butterfly, but <laughs> I was super happy to see him in the movie. And the way they did him, they made him so grand. And I'm like, oh, I'm not the only Mothra fan out there. Good to know. <laughs> cool. How about you, uh, Mr. Lane? You watching anything soon? No. That's not. I mean, God, Godzilla and Kong is not coming out. I'm watching a whole lot of OBS screens and uh, <laughs> tutorials. YouTube tutorials. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds, oh, we all are. I, like, I like that. Oh, you know what? Tomorrow is um, uh, Friday. Ep- Friday. Episode three of yes. WandaVision. WandaVision. So oh, we're watching yeah. that. Watching that. So, jo- so Joshua Carl and I have late night, super late night tech sessions about all things nerd. So we're talking about like OBS and like all kinds of weird streaming computer shit. And then we go off and talk about comic books and we talk about streaming like videos and like deep dives. Like we were up until like, I don't know, three, almost four o'clock in the morning talking about like WandaVision on Disney <laughs> plus a couple of days ago. It's nuts. We went, we went down a deep hole for sure. Yeah, for sure. And you know, it's just funny is like, if nowadays I would put that conversation on my Facebook and be like, read it and weep. And there would probably be, if we were single men, girls being like, Hey, that same conversation in the 80s is what kept me a virgin. <laughs> like, I remember, I'll never forget this. I'll never, ever forget this in my life. I was with one of my best friends, senior year on the bus, and X-Men 1 was coming out, the, the, the gatefold one. And there was, a, there was a bus, so there was mixed men and women, girls and boys. And I'm sitting next to him, and everybody's having a conversation. I'm like, hey, do you want to go to the shop today and get X-Men 1? He's like, shh. <laughs> and I'm like, what? He's like, dude, don't, don't freaking talk about comic books. Salt in my game. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. if a girl isn't down with X-Men 1, then she's not going to be down with me. This is a big deal. <laughs> there, There's a there, line. There's a line. There may or may not be a picture of me, my wife, and my daughter floating around the interwebs of us Halloween costume where I'm dressed as 90s cartoon gambit. My wife is rogue. 
legit like rogue with the wig and the everything. And my daughter, who chooses to pick the villains almost every time, root for the villain. Like, yeah, I'm gonna be Mystique. And I said, <laughs> "Yes, you are." And like, opens up Amazon, orders blue bodysuit and paint, and she had the skull on top of her head. We go like, "Oh, geez. that's amazing." Like, Halloween is like our time. Like she loves Halloween, so like we we fall out with like a family costume. I love I love it. I'm surprised we don't bump into each other at some of the cons because my my, my kids are my kids always dress up. Um, one of the big ones in Boston when my son was like seven, he went as Deadpool. But as you're well aware, there's usually like 75 Deadpool's yeah at the show, and he actually made their commercial. Because he was like, you know, three feet tall in the Deadpool with the, the two swords and the guns and grenades and like the OG spandex outfit. Yeah. And then like five different Deadpools. There's like the Deadpool and the Stormtrooper outfit. There's oh, the this, you know I mean? yeah, like, endless. <laughs> My favorite is the chef. I see him every year. He's like, he's the Deadpool outfit, but he's got the, on like an apron with, and with a hat. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, but then um, one year, uh, the year I ruptured my Achilles, I was like, there's no way I'm not dressing up. So I went as Green Arrow and um, I had the bow and basically a, like a beefed up Robin outfit. But of course, I also have a full blown official Jedi robe and that thing, too. So my son and I went as um, two Jedis one year, of course. But the, the outfit that he did that really blew hair back was Damian Wayne because he was like. I think maybe 10 and we built his outfit completely from parts. Like we took soccer shin guards and made them into like the gauntlets. Yeah. He got like combat boots and we took a vest. We ordered like the official, like Damien, we were sure to get the Damien Wayne R not yeah. the Tim Drake or, or the, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the whole deal. And uh, he, he actually entered the contest he's, in Rhode Island. He's talking about an iteration of Robin for the super <laughs> non comic book nerds that are here. Half the people in here were like, like what the hell? Who's he talking about? If like you said, Brothers? Yeah. <laughs> Damon Wayne's? Is that what we're talking about? You got to break it, you know, like, yeah. You just I, went I forget. Super for a second I, for, I fine, forget. Like, if you say, I should have just said Robin. Yeah. And, but the thing yeah. is, you can't because Damian Wayne is a completely different Robin. Yes, yeah. we got it. We got it. Yeah, I, I understood, but I, like I want to like make sure that for the chat we didn't lose everybody. <laughs> for the chat, Damian Wayne is actually Bruce Wayne's son, uh, hence the namesake. But he is a bastard in the best possible way. <laughs> he's he's such a dick. He's it's amazing. I went to uh, the last Comic Con we went to. I, uh, me, the wife, and the kid dressed as uh, my daughter dressed as Spider Gwen. Nice. My wife went as Doc Ock, and I went as Miles, and like into the Spider Verse. We all did. We all did that together. It was a lot of fun. Nancy's gone. So the last couple of years, she's gone as the um, the villain from. Um, oh my God! I know she's listening to me right now. Going, I can't believe you're forgetting the name of the character. He's in the chat right now. She yeah, sees you from from um, Umbrella Academy. Okay. Um, the I. Um, she's a woman like, that wears like the steampunk kind of outfit with the yeah. umbrella. Yeah. Um, she, 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 I forget her name. I'm sorry, babe. <laughs> is it, is it, oh yeah, that's right. Here's Martian. Or is it v or M or M or is it what's something? I, I forget what her name is too. I love that show though. Yeah. She, she went as that one. The handler. Thank you, babe. I couldn't remember. She, she's gone as that a few times as well. That's cool. Awesome. Nerds. All right, Mr. Lane, I'm going to kick you out of here in the most loving way possible. See you, Billy. Yeah. you. Thanks for I jumping on. I, to the, it. Uh, I ended up in here. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the round table, brother. I appreciate you. As always. I got fished. I got fished. Bye. <laughs>
Bye. <laughs> he thought we were going to be talking about real cool OBS stuff, and then yeah. we hit him with the nerd shit, and he was like, Damien who? <laughs> what the hell what the what? hell are you guys talking about <laughs> yeah he yeah if we would have went damon wayne so he would have still been on board but he's like damien wayne what, what what is that <laughs> he's like I gotta, I gotta go guys i gotta go i'm i'm too cool for this shit man and maybe nancy remembers uh my son actually hit one of the comic-con people with a line when he was in da- when he was as damien wayne um that was like as a dad and a comic nerd the fact that he said what he said it like it was like it, I, babe, do you remember what he said? It was something like Batman came up to him and said something, and he said something back in character, and the dude was just like, and it was like a, it was like a dick yes. moment, but I, I can't remember yeah. what she. Maybe she'll put it in the chat, but it was, oh, that's, that's it was awesome. so good. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know why we haven't. I've been to, I, I haven't actually gone to the Boston comic, uh, Boston Comic Con. Um, I go to the ones that, you know, end up happening in Connecticut and Rhode Island. And I'm usually like DJing the after party. Like I've done that for the last few years. I've been years. trying to crack that egg in Boston for quite a while. And I, yeah. I don't even get a response. And I'm like, dude, I'm one of, I'm one of you. <laughs> I got <laughs> venues. I am a nerd. Love me. <laughs> now Nancy said to check my phone. So which is, which is fun is like, uh, through that, through DJing oh, at Comic-Con. Yeah, check Oh, oh, sick. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes. Look at him. Oh, the mask and everything. That's legit. Yeah, that's that's actually an official mask yeah. from like this mask designer who I found on um on the internet. That is super dope. I like that. I don't know where I would be able to even find like the shit that I was doing. Um, but what I was saying is um the uh through the comic-con and djing the comic-cons and stuff i was able to bring you know i started uh you know in march broadcasting that you know i was on twitch and you know doing this and, and streaming one of my mods who i don't think she's here because she's like a college professor resmira you know her she's yep stops, stops through in your chat and everything else she and uh strophy to uh, another person that uh, represents big time in our chat um they work like during the the comic-con and stuff like that so that's how they found out about me and then they were like i got them to like come on to twitch and like start hanging out in the chat and stuff so it's it's cool the way that that oh, shit nice. is all uh, all work together i got I'll, if we're, we're trading picks i'll, I'll do one <laughs> I hope, hopefully mine was this was like a, a few years ago but if you can see oh nice the family i don't be i won't be able to yeah, get is it. that rocket okay. oh nice yeah. that's that's my daughter is rocket holding a group a little baby group my daughter is uh is uh oh sorry that's that my daughter my wife is being gamora and i'm obviously being star lord in that one super cute it was, it was a lot of fun do you so your family like totally into like dressing yeah, up and doing that, all that stuff? my daughter actually is blowing up on tiktok because of her anime and cosplay um cool. dude she takes it to that level um her tiktok and stuff she's it's all i mean it's like the stuff you see actual cosplayers doing like she gets in full makeup and the um contact lenses and the wigs and and, and you know she she just broke like 5k on on tiktok but the thing is oh, like she's sure. she's in her, her own realm like i don't think she's done too many comic matter of fact i don't think she's done any comic book characters it's always some deep dive anime that makes my nerdish 
look like some real topical <laughs> like, shit. Like a pleb. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, like I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go Superman or Batman, and she's like, dude, <laughs> come on. <laughs> but she she definitely does represent uh, that side of of the family very well. The rest of the family does too. My son's getting a little older. I don't, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's getting away from that. Last Halloween or two Halloweens away, he went. His name's Fred. And he went as Freddy, and my wife built him a full Freddy outfit because the joke is um, we actually lived on Elm Street, and his name was Freddy. So <laughs> it was kind of a no-brainer. Um, but but it did was you a- build him like a suit that had the Bluetooth speaker inside of it so it could play like the theme song? Like, <laughs> no, it didn't go down the street. Just getting that outfit in somebody <laughs> his size was a challenge enough for my wife, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, so we, we, we do go. I, I'm actually the one who doesn't go in as much as they do um th- they all always do uh, me not so much yeah i'm just along for the ride i'm more like i go to all the sh- I <laughs> you're, hit the, you're the chauffeur yeah you're the driver right yeah i'm, I'm, I'm alfred basically <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm fat alfred <laughs> bad alfred <laughs> go i'll go, go you know it's the same thing every time like oh con's ending in five minutes all right i'm gonna go get the car I'm going to pull it around and, you know, nine (laughs) times out of 10, everybody's wearing shoes that they shouldn't be wearing, especially my wife. And she's just done. She's done. (laughs) And I know what that means. So I know to go get the car and pull it around. All right, sir. Let's uh, let's go ahead and and wrap this up for today. Thank you so much for being here Uh, right now. I want to just give you give you the full, complete window. Let these people know, you know, that are watching either on the YouTube or the audio podcast that aren't here on Twitch, aren't following you on Twitch where they can find you, where they can see you, and that kind of stuff. Giving right. me the, sh- the Sean Evans. Yeah, yeah. Uh. Plug you this camera. Wait, wait, hold on. This camera, camera. this camera, this camera. Go ahead, you know, make it happen. Uh, you guys, my name is Joshua Carl, and I've been fortunate enough to be able to lock that name down everywhere. Uh, DJ Joshua Carl. Um, YouTube, actually, YouTube might be Joshua Carl. Uh, Twitch, DJ Joshua Carl. Facebook, DJ Joshua Carl. Everything, Twitter, Instagram, uh, all that stuff. I'm on Twitch three, four, five days a week. I'm actually starting to lean in a direction, not terribly different than Brandon's. Uh, not that I'm going to start a podcast, but I'm going to start implementing more of my personality and the things I'm into, into my shows. Um, meaning my comic books will come out. My stupid toys will come out. It's not going to be just DJing three, four hours the entire time. I'm, I'm trying to get more personable. Um, I was a little hesitant at first, because, like I said, in the 80s, it kept me away from being cool. And now that I know that I'm cool, like I really know that I'm cool, you guys can see the comics and the Legos and the Star Wars stuff and the Harry Potter stuff. I am a Ravenclaw, in case you didn't know. That's pretty much it. <laughs> you are cool, sir. I don't care. I'll fight anybody <laughs> who says otherwise. Thanks. I appreciate it. At least I know I got friends that will fight for me because I'm not fighting. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I have taken, I have gotten a, a fight or two in my life, but I wouldn't, I, I don't try to make it a habit. All right. Thank you, sir. I just want to say once again, thank you so much for coming on and being our third guest. Uh, when I came up with the the idea and opportunity, the guys like you and Aiden Scott and Billy Lane were like the first to jump on. And, and, and the fact that it's a learning process that we're kind of getting the ball rolling. I super appreciate you being here. I appreciate you taking the time out, number one, but then two, telling us, you know, your story. Cause I, I want this to be more about the, 
I want this to be as equal part about the people as it is about the movie. So like, I'm glad that you're uh, comfortable enough with sharing uh, with some of your, your, your life with us and, and things like that. So thank you so much. Oh man, I dude, I'm just humbled that you thought of bringing me into your circle and like, they don't know this, but we know this. We've known each other probably a close, to a, close to a decade, if not more, yeah. but we never really like rubbed elbows the way For we real. have yeah. since March. And I'm dude, I just want to let you know, dude, I'm so glad that we, we've established this relationship. A hundred percent. Yeah. We've always been like on each other's peripheral for a while. We've both been in the, the same, you know, three state DJ market or whatever mm. for forever, but all, uh, you know, with, you know, getting to know you better and getting to know, you know, Nancy and, 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 and your wife or your wife, you know, as, as far as uh, over the last few months and, and, and the back and forth and the, the awesome discussions we had, I'm su super thankful for COVID for, for at least that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, brother. I was gonna say it cost it cost the country forty thousand lives, yeah. but hey, yeah, at least that, right? Yeah, <laughs> cheers. Yeah, I got I gained super cool new friendships. Uh, I've lost my business uh, completely, and I'm stuck at home and unemployed. But I gain I gained cool friendships that I'm gonna you know cherish and, and go with for the rest of my life. So, go pack, go. That's right, Nancy. <laughs> Damn it, <laughs> couldn't make it the whole show without that. Yeah, I, I figured. I, I I figured she was saving it to the end. All right, thank you, sir, and uh, Thanks, we're going to sign out, and I'll appreciate you. I'll see you soon. Later, guys. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. That is going to kind of do it for us here, the Fader and Friends podcast. That was Joshua Carl. Uh, his uh, info is right here on Twitch. If you're not following him, uh, following him, make sure you do so. Um, he is a great DJ. He's super tech-savvy, too. Uh, a lot of his streams are, like, super intricate with, uh, you know, the, they incorporate a lot of interactivity, and that nerddom that I'm excited for him to kind of, you know, let the curtain open a little bit more on his nerddom because he's super knowledgeable about a ton of stuff, you know, as far as everything goes. Um, so next week, our guest is going to be Neil Jackson, and we're going to be talking about Donnie Darko. Neil Jackson is a, a New York DJ, by the way, of California. He just recently started a uh, coffee company in quarantine um, called Beans, Rhymes, and Life. That's his morning show that he does and streams on Twitch. Um, we're going to be talking about Donnie Darko. It's been a while since I've seen that movie, but uh, it's 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 such a uh, such a dense movie to talk about. So I'm super looking forward to it. And then we're going to go and, you know, obviously open up the round table discussion. If you guys are, you know, want to become a part of it, you're more than welcome to, you know, make sure you guys hit up all the socials. I'm at DJ Darth Fader on everything. You can find Fader and friends on YouTube, Apple podcasts, Spotify, please like, and subscribe whenever you can. Um, that helps us grow the channel that helps us, you know, start to reach more people. And I've got, you know, some, a lot of guests down the pike, uh, from all over all different walks of life. So I'm super excited that you guys are on board and are enjoying this with us. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you. And I will see you guys next time.